Hey y'all, this is Sam. <laughs> this is Steven. And this is Criminology. So bad intro. <laughs> Just it's not bad. We're in a giddy mood. Groot. Sam's in a mood. I'm in a I'm in a giddy mood. So I'm in, I'm having fun. So he just said, I'm just gonna start recording and let's just see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. We're in a giddy mood. Let's just go. This is episode 113. Hey, good job. You got it right this time. Thank you. Um we did the math right before. We have eight episodes left in this season. Um, if you're new or you have no idea what that means, we do 30 episodes per season. This is season four. Um, and then really what it is, is we just take a two week break in between each season. Um, so that way I can catch up on episodes, do research, do all of that good stuff. And then we come back with another 30 episodes. So that's really all that means. But you've got, I guess, technically nine weeks, including this week left within this season. So if you're like, no, don't because you've got time um so yeah episode 13 what would that bring us on to well if we were on episode 13 i don't know i can't do math well you just said we're on episode 13 oh 113 is what i meant what's 113 plus 9 122 really yes Uh, oh my gosh that makes the like because i like it to end in like fives or zeros so that makes me unhappy. I don't think we've actually ever ended in really? a zero or five. I don't think so. I don't think I ever really put two and two together. Yeah, because that would equal four. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> episode one thirteen. Um, last week I talked about how I had a ten pager. This is a nine pager. So Sam has had nothing to do at work. <laughs> I will tell you that I started. I just started writing this, and like I write this obviously in the way that I say it. Um, so this is when I'm typing this out, I'm like, oh my gosh, they did this. And so I'm like, even saying it out loud the way I would say it in person. And then after I got done and I said, okay, let me go print this. And I said, nine pages, goodness gracious. I didn't realize it was going to be such a long episode. So all of that aside, make sure to do all of the things. We have social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram are both at Crimology Pod. We have gmail uh crimologypod at gmail.com make sure to go email us comments questions concerns cases you want us to cover um all of that stuff rate us review us five stars us all of those good things make sure to do all of that we're here been here for four seasons we're coming at you for five i'm gonna look at this season i know i'm talking this season is Stephen just gave me a look. This st- season is all about popular cases. I'm looking at ideas for season five of what like themes I want to do. So let me know themes you want to hear, and then we'll do it. I'll shut up now and then come back and, and I'll continue talking. But this is episode one thirteen, Lacey Peterson. Does Steven know this case? I have heard of this one, but it's kind it's kind of like the last few ones where I yeah. have the I like I've heard of it, but I don't really know the full 
details and story and whatnot of it. I'll be honest, I didn't realize this case was as big as it is. And so when my sister was the one that was like, oh, you have to do Lacey Peterson. And I was like, but isn't anybody going to know about Lacey Peterson? And she's like, what do you mean? And so I really didn't realize it was as big as it was. Um, But so let's get started. So Lacey and Scott met in December of 1994 while the two of them were in college and they started dating soon after meeting. As soon as Lacey meets Scott, she calls her mom and she's like, I met the one. Like, you have to come up here and meet Scott. I met my future husband. This is the one. I'm done. Gotta come meet him. Are you gonna make a joke? Yes, but at your expense, but just keep going. Thank it's you. Fine. So, Lacey and her mom, they go to dinner at the place that Scott was working at at the time. They walk in. Scott has a dozen red roses for Lacey and then has a dozen white roses for Lacey's mom. So he's literally a dreamboat. And this is how he is in the relationship. Like he's perfect. He's charming. He's good looking. He gets along with everyone. He's literally Prince Charming. So everybody falls in love with him. Uh, Define dreamboat. You know, it's Scott. (laughs) In this instance... I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. Okay. Make my cheeks red. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. <laughs> you can embarrass me. Not in front of my friends. Okay. When Lacey and Scott's families meet, they all get along really well. Like the families are doing all kinds of things together all of the time. So it just seems like the perfect life from the outside. The couple gets married in August of 1997, and then in December of 1997, Lacey graduates college, and then in June of 1998, Scott graduates college. So now Scott's parents give him part of the family's business that he then turns around and sells, and he uses the money to open a sports bar. They own this bar for a couple of years, and then in June of 2000, they sell the bar and they move to California. Scott's parents give them $30,000 for a down payment on a home, and they're ready to start living their lives together. So Scott is working at a as a sales representative for a fertilizer company, and then Lacey is working as a substitute teacher. So they're making good money, and they're able to make some really big upgrades on their home, including a pool. So they're like living the best life. That's what we need, the next upgrade. So Scott's dad gives the couple a never, another $30,000 so that they could become members at a country club. So like this is the life they lived and that's why I give those details. Like they're living the high life, they're loving life, and this is kind of the life they come from um, and this is just where they come from. So the couple then decides that they're ready to have a kid and Lacey becomes pregnant. Now, Lacey tried to stay kind of fit while being pregnant, so she would go on frequent walks and she did yoga, but then later in her pregnancy, she would start to become very sick while she was out on these walks. She would go to walk her dog and would end up like violently becoming sick because of how sick she got. Her doctor said that she needed to stop the walks and just start resting a lot more instead. So she listens and she stops walking. 
November of 2002, Lacey decides to quit her job as a sub because her pregnancy had gotten so bad. She just wasn't comfortable. She's sick all the time. She just wasn't having a great time being pregnant and wasn't able to do much of anything. So now after she quit, Scott buys a 14-foot aluminum boat. Nothing fancy, but he doesn't tell a single person about the boat, not even Lacey. And he keeps it a secret from everyone for some reason and hides the truck or hides the boat at his work's warehouse. Now, I know that these are a lot of random details and you're like, what the frick? They all make sense in the end. It'll all piece together. So I will mention about the boat. And I don't really know why I'm saying this, but I say that nobody knows about the boat. We are suspecting that nobody knows about the boat because Lacey would have gone and told her family about the boat not in like a oh my gosh can you believe what he did but in a more of like we got a boat um like that's how close all of their families were and so like that's what is this idea is that Lacey tells her family everything and all of the families talk so this is why nobody thinks that he told anybody about the boat because nobody knew anyways side note so around the same time scott had a friend who came to him one day and said hey i know this girl amber fry she's really cool and i think you would like her a lot so here's her number call her take her on a date even even while you got a pregnant wife at home (laughs) does does this friend actually like is he a quote friend or is he a friend it's a girl um and it's a friend acquaintance so i don't know if it's a i don't know how close of a friend obviously not a good friend this is not something you do for a friend not for a married friend no and uh true 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 i was gonna say not no for no friend but no i need friends like this (laughs) this episode is unhinged (laughs) But yes, with the married friends. See what happens when... (laughs) Never mind. Go ahead. This is something you do not do for your married friends, is you do not say, hey, look, I got this girl off to the side. She'd be awesome for you. Here's your number. But men, I mean, also women, you don't do this. Scott calls Amber, and they just start talking. So then November 20th of 2020... That's not right. Of 2022. No. 2002 thank you i don't my brain november 20th november 20th of 2002 thank you so much they meet for the first time at a bar they have a couple of drinks when they decide to continue the date by going to dinner so scott tells amber that he has to go check into his hotel but amber can come with them so they go to the hotel but then scott says that he needs to go shower before going to dinner so it's just weird so he takes a shower and then they go to dinner he tells amber that he's single and that he travels a lot for work and that he's going on these crazy trips to these crazy places but that his warehouse was in this little town in california so he would end up spending a lot of time there which is where lacy and him lived so, like, these trips that he's saying he's going on, he's like, oh, like, 
this weekend I've got to be in Paris and then next week I've got to go to Africa and then the next week I've got to go to India and then I'm out back in the States. So like extravagant trips. And so he's just like, but my warehouse is in California. So if I tell you that I'm in California and I seem to be there for like a lot longer than I am in India or I'm in France, don't be weirded out by it because that's just where my warehouse is. AKA this is where my wife and future kid live. So don't be weirded out if I spend a lot of time in California. So Amber and Scott would end up spending the rest of the night together and then end up going back to Scott's hotel that night. This whole time, Lacey is thinking that Scott is on a work trip. So after this night with Amber, the couple go to Scott's parents to celebrate Thanksgiving. And the couple, I mean Lacey and Scott. They go to Scott's parents to celebrate Thanksgiving, and then they end up spending time with both of their families and just have the Thanksgiving weekend. Then December 2nd, Scott plans his second date with Amber. They would meet up to go hiking together. This time, Amber brings her daughter to meet Scott after their hike. Scott goes back to Amber's house where he cooks for them and then spends the night there. So he knows what he's doing. He knows how to charm people and that's what he's doing with Amber to the point, you know, to the fact that like their second date, she's like, oh, meet my kid. So this is how Scott is like he's just a people person and just people like him and people are drawn to him that that's the perfect example three weeks before christmas Lacey's grandma passes away and her grandma left a rather big inheritance to Lacey and her two siblings that they would receive when they turned 30 at the time she was 27 years old then december 9th Scott calls Amber and says that he needs to see her. When Scott gets to her house, he just starts crying. He tells Amber that he has lied to her. And he said that he had been married before, but that his first wife just passed away and that this was going to be his first Christmas without his first wife. And he was just very emotional about it. He also at some point makes a comment and says he didn't want any biological children and that Amber's daughter was all that he wanted and he would be fine with getting a vasectomy. And then he ends the night by telling Amber that he was going to have a lot of traveling to do soon so he wouldn't be around a lot. So like this is how this case is. Is it so weird? Your wife's grandma just died. You can be sad if you were close to your wife's grandma, but the fact that you then go to your mistress and you're like, listen, I was married once and she just died and I'm so sad about it. It's just a weird, like, there's so many weird things about this case. So that was one of them. So I just wanted to add that in there. So then we get to December 15th. Lacey's mom goes over to the couple's house where Scott was supposed to make dinner for them. He calls and says that he's running late from work and won't make it when he was really with Amber. And Lacey's mom remembers Lacey being irritated with this situation. She didn't voice her frustration, but her mom could just tell that she was annoyed. And then we fast forward to Christmas Eve. Scott says that he wakes up around 8 a.m. And when he wakes up, Lacey was already awake and she was downstairs eating breakfast. 
He said that he asked her what her plans were for the day. And she said she was going to go on a walk, make gingerbread cookies, and she needed to go to the store to get special bread to make French toast. So Scott decides that he's going to go golfing. He says he puts three patio umbrellas into the back of his truck, which a neighbor sees him do. He again goes back inside and he fills a mop bucket up with water for Lacey since she was going to clean and then he leaves to go golf. Now remember, Lacey got really sick when she went on walks, so her doctor told her not to go on these walks anymore, and she hadn't up to this point. So why would this day she decide to start going on walks again? Also at this point, Lacey is eight months pregnant, so if she was having a hard time with her pregnancy way back when, She's definitely struggling during this time, so it still doesn't make sense that she would be going anywhere to do anything during this time. It's also Christmas Eve. Normal people have a laundry list of stuff on their schedules, and golfing is not one of them. So the fact that, Steve, you can probably attest, that your wife's like, oh, you're just going to go golfing? It's Christmas Eve and you're just going to go golfing and we've got all of these things that we have to do. Have fun. Go do that. Go golf. Have fun. It's weird. I mean, I'm not going to play golf in Oklahoma on Christmas Eve. That's a whole nother thing. It's freaking December. (laughs) Okay. Well, also, you kind of missed that because it was kind of a joke of playing in Oklahoma versus California. Like California, you still have decent weather then. Right. But still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just depends on their lifestyle. Right. I guess, but it's still Christmas Eve. Oh, I'm playing devil's advocate right now, aren't I? Yeah. Ooh. Cut it out. (laughs) Because he was, I think at some point, he was like, it was either high school teammates or college. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, with Phil Mickelson. Interesting. The more you know. The more you know. There we go. There's my Stevens Corner. So, jumping a little forward into our story, Scott sticks with his story that he was golfing this day until investigators start questioning him about this case and his story changes. He then says that when he leaves to go golfing, he realizes that it was too cold to golf. So, he decided to go fishing instead. Even though the bay where he had his eyes set on fishing is 90 miles out of town. And it's December. (laughs) So Scott says he goes to his warehouse where his boat is kept and he does a little bit of work, but he leaves at 11.18 a.m. At 12.54 p.m., he gets a boating ticket. Odd time to go f- to start fishing. It's also December, so keep this all in mind. Yeah, normally if you're fishing, of course, you know, me, you're the, the fishing expert. Yeah, like at 12.54. You're not starting at 12.54. <laughs> unless you're like me, who just really does not like mornings. Right. But we do but have this a... this is one of those weird things, that you're yeah. not starting at 12.54. So you're like, yeah, okay, dude. 
So when he was asked what he was fishing for or what he was fishing with, he was never able to give an answer. So Scott says he goes out on the water, but he forgot his bait. So he tries to fish anyways, but then he gets himself wet. So he has to come back inside because it's so cold. Was he like noodling or something? It's like, this is how this case is. Is you're like, what? It just never makes sense. What? So then 325 PM on his way back into town, he stops to get gas. And then at 4.15, he gets back to his warehouse where he puts his boat away. And then he goes home, which is about 30 minutes later. Now, 11 people would end up coming forward by the end of this case, saying that they did see Lacey walking their dog outside. But when Scott gets home after his, quote, fishing trip, he sees their dog outside And the dog still has the leash on. So when Scott goes into the house, the mop bucket he filled up is still there and full. He then says he goes to grab the mail. And that's when he notices that Lacey's car is still in the driveway. So he figures she went over to her parents' house. So he just eats some leftover pizza and takes a shower. After his shower, he checks the answering machine and sees that he has a missed call from Lacey's dad. So why would Lacey's dad be calling if Lacey was over there? Yeah, right. So Scott calls Lacey's mom to see if she if Lacey was over there. And when Lacey said isn't over there, Scott immediately says, like, well, then Lacey is missing. And then when Scott says this, Lacey's mom says that in this moment, she just knew in her gut that something was wrong and something was not right with Lacey. So Lacey's mom had Lacey's dad call police, and then she goes out and walks the same path that Lacey would have walked and tells Scott to meet her out there. Scott wouldn't end up showing up for a hot minute, and he also would make sure to arrive right as police were arriving. About 70 people show up to help the family look for Lacey, but they find nothing. This is also the time that Scott changes his story about golfing. Up to this point, he was telling people that he went golfing. That is until someone, and I can't, each article I read is different. So I don't know if it's someone said, yeah, no, I was at the golf course today and I didn't see you there. Or if someone said, hey, yeah, no, I saw you at the bay. But either one of those situations happened. And this is when he changes his story to be like, oh, yeah, I went fishing. I didn't go golfing. I went fishing. And everybody's like, okay, you just said you went golfing. Now, Lacey's dad was a big fisherman. So he didn't feel right about Scott's story. So he starts asking Scott questions and starts to feel more real weird after Scott's answers when he's like, okay, well, what are you fishing for? And Scott's like, yeah, I don't really know. And then he's like, okay, well, but what bait do you have? And Scott's like, I really don't know. And then he's like, okay, why'd you start at 1 PM? And he's like, I don't know. And you're just like, hmm. what? Okay. So now police go in to search the couple's home. Everything seemed the same. The one thing they found weird was that Scott had decided to do a load of laundry when he got home. 
Now, the reason they thought this was weird was because there was a hamper full of laundry in the bedroom, and there was even clothes on top of the washer that he didn't put in the washer with his clothes. He only washed his clothes. So, like, a couple pair of pants and a couple of shirts when you could fit a lot more into the wash. And so that was the only thing weird that they found was that why didn't you add more clothes with the clothes that you were washing? Why did you only wash these clothes by themselves? Hmm. They also found jewelry that Lacey wore every day that was still on the dresser along with her purse. So police automatically felt like Scott wasn't being honest right after the search, but they didn't have anything on him, so they weren't able to do anything. They then decide to go search his warehouse, and that's when he, they found his boat, and they found the boat with an anchor. They also see that there is evidence that other anchors had been made in the same area, but they weren't able to find the additional anchors that were made. So after both of these searches, police go to Lacey's family and they ask, hey, should we be looking into Scott more? Like, they're pretty much asking, do you guys get weird vibes off him like we are? We obviously don't know him. You guys know him better. So like, is he always this way or should we be looking into this? But Lacey's family say no. That Scott would never do anything like this to Lacey. He would never hurt her. So they felt like they didn't. They needed to look somewhere else. So this is when the media gets a hold of this story. And it becomes top news. Lacey's family is doing all kinds of interviews. They're making statements. Because they believe she's out there alive. That someone has kidnapped her. And they are just begging to whoever has her to let her go. Now, at the beginning of this case, Scott agreed to a polygraph test. But investigators decide to go out to Scott's warehouse one more time. And when they get there, they find that everything is rearranged. Like nothing is in the same spot that it was during the first search. They also find a pair of pliers that have a long black hair attached to it. Well, guess who has long black hair? (laughs) So after this black hair is found, Scott all of a sudden says he doesn't want to have a polygraph test anymore. He says it's because he's afraid he will fail the test because he didn't tell anybody about the boat. Now, while looking into Scott a little more, they found that in his search history, he had looked at the tides and the waves the same day that Lacey went missing. So now December 29th, Amber is at a party, and she's talking to some of her friends about Scott. Now, because this case was so popular in the media, one of her friends noticed his name and said, Hey, he is probably involved in the case of his missing wife, and gives Amber a phone number to a tip line and says, You should call them if you think of anything that would help. So Amber does call the tip line, and she says that she's having an affair with Scott. Now, up to this point, police have nothing on Scott. So when this happens, they want to meet with Amber immediately to try to strengthen their case. So they ask Amber if she's okay to record all of the phone calls with Scott. She says yes, so she starts doing it. So she records every single phone call between her and Scott. New Year's Eve. 
Lacey's family has a candlelight visual. While Lacey's family is doing this, Scott is at home calling Amber. And then on this call, he tells Amber that he was in Paris. (laughs) So now while Amber is recording different phone calls, she starts to express her frustration with him about not telling her that he was married or not telling her that Lacey was pregnant. And then Scott tells Lacey that he got a polygraph test and that he passed. And he told investigators that Lacey knew about the affair and that she accepted it. So then January 13th, the media finds out about Amber and the love triangle. The next day, because of the hate that Amber was receiving, she releases a statement saying that she had no involvement in the case. And then the next day, Lacey's family makes a statement saying how they've de- they're doubting Scott more and more, but they really just still don't think that he did anything to hurt her. So police, without Scott knowing put a GPS on his truck. They see that five different times he went to the same place at the bay. Sometimes he would stay for a lot longer. Other times it was just a couple of minutes. Now, because this case was so popular, Scott had a sit down interview with Diane Sawyer, where he confessed to the affair, but said that Amber knew the truth about his wife the whole time. And during the interview, Scott starts to cry, but he never wipes the tears from his face, which people saw as weird because that's not normal. So it made it look like he was putting on a show like, look at this tear. I'm crying for my wife, so I didn't do this. And then after this interview, Scott lays low and isn't seen very much. A car dealership would end up coming forward saying that Scott had sold Lacey's car and he had bought him a truck, which just isn't a great look. Nope, not at all. So then two more women would also come forward, and they say that they also had affairs with Scott within the last two years with that, until they found out that he was married and they ended the relationship. So now we're jumping to February of 2003. Police ask Amber to stop recording phone calls with Scott, even though he is still calling very frequently. They felt like if this case went to trial, that these recordings might come back and look badly on her. So they just wanted her to stop recording. So that way, all of what she would say would be taken literally in court. So then February 10th, Lacey's family decided to have another candlelight visual, this time for Lacey and baby Connor, since this was the day of his due date. This also happens to be the same day as Amber's birthday. So guess where Scott was? (laughs) This case just is twist and turns and twist and turns and twist and turns. Hmm. So February 18th, police get another search warrant for Scott's house, but they don't find anything. They were able to get hair from Lacey's hairbrush to test against the hair that they found in the pliers, so they send that off to be tested. And then in March, they get the results back, and they find that both hairs are consistent with each other, but they couldn't be 100% sure that they were the same hairs because they didn't have the root of the hair. So then April 13th, 
after the bay waters had been searched 15 times, a small body was found. And then on April 14th, a mile down the bay, another body was found. And then investigators confirmed that the bodies found belonged to Lacey and Connor. Lacey's head and different limbs had been missing, had been cut off, and they just weren't there. It's believed that Lacey had been sunk with anchors that were made in Scott's warehouse, but there is no official cause of death because of how decomposed her body was. Now, at this time, police felt that they had enough evidence to arrest Scott, but he had disappeared. Through his cell phone, they were able to track him, and they wanted to make sure to move fast to get him because they were worried that he was going to leave the country. They found him at a golf golf club, and he had completely changed his appearance. He had dyed his hair blonde, his eyebrows blonde, he had grown out a goatee, and he had also dyed that blonde. How do you think I would look blonde? No. Okay, so I thought, good answer. Thanks. He was driving his parents' (laughs) car because he said he was pretty sure that his car had a GPS on it, which it did. And then inside the car was camping gear. He had $15,000, three credit cards, his brother's passport, and Viagra. Apparently the most important thing. Apparently everything you need (laughs) right there. He also packed a lot of dress clothes, so like slacks and button-down and dress shoes, which was just another weird part. You're like, you going camping or like, what's going on? Well, and like, I mean, based off of his, you know, lifestyle, it actually makes a lot of sense. You're like, you know, yep, pack the dress clothes. You're like, gotta need those. Right. He told police that he was just living out of his car and he dyed his hair to get out of the media's eye. He said he wasn't able to do anything because he would get recognized and that's why he was doing all of this, that he wasn't running. He was just hiding from the media. But he's arrested and on June 1st, 2004 is when his trial starts. So his team is looking at police and how they handled the case saying that there is no proof, there's no fingerprints, and there's no DNA. So the only evidence that they have is the affair and then the hair from the pliers. They're also sticking to this story, that Lacey was killed by a cult because of her missing limbs and that she was placed at the bay later on. They said that Scott had a GPS on him at all times. So how would he be able to dump the bodies and then and have nobody catch them? They also mention how the bay had been checked 15 times. Then just randomly one day the bodies are found. Now forensic experts said that the hairs in the pliers again were more than likely laces, but they couldn't be 100% sure because they didn't have the root at the end of the hair. And they said that a test was done on the pliers that showed that they had been used recently to cut something, but that there was no blood or human tissue on the pliers. However, after this whole trial, on November 12, 2004, Scott is convicted of first-degree murder for the death of Lacey and second-degree murder for the death of Connor. 
he is sentenced to death by lethal injection. And that, I mean, like, what would that be? Five months, roughly? Like, yeah. that's pretty quick for some of these cases that we've covered before. And we'll talk about it a little bit. But yes, foreshadowing. After his sentencing, Scott's attorney files a 423-page appeal for Scott's sentence, saying that the publicity of the trial deprived Scott of a fair trial. So, August 24th of 2020, the Supreme Court of California kept Scott's conviction, but they overturned his death sentence because his trial judge had dismissed jurors that were opposed to capital punishment instead of asking if they were able to put their views aside. So the Supreme Court says that jurors cannot be dismissed just because of their opposition of the death penalty. So December 20th, 2022, Scott was recently denied a second trial so he will remain in prison for the rest of his life without the possibility of parole. Now, here's the devil advocate part of this case. You have 11 people who said that they saw Lacey walking her dog the day she went missing. But then they also saw the dog running around the neighborhood with its leash still on. So, how could Lacey be walking around her dog, but also, ble- also supposedly being at the bay with Scott when he went out there? So is that a piece of evidence that proves that Scott didn't do it? And then you have, could Scott really have a fair trial? The case was so popular that everyone knew about it and everyone had their own opinion about it before it was even went to court. So a lot of people had their minds set, made up before even the, all of this was going to trial. So is that even fair? The, this is the one I had the most difficult time yep. going back and forth on. I mean, obviously, I mean. I mean, there is not, there's no evidence. The only evidence you have is the hair. There's hair in the pliers. That's all you've got. Right. As somebody with long hair. My hair is probably everywhere. I walk past something and my hair gets stuck in it. So like I could not like not being dramatic, but like I could die tomorrow and somebody could come over here and be like, oh, her hair's in the in the door frame. Steven pushed her head into the door frame when it's really no, my hair just got stuck on the doorknob. You know what I mean? So, yes, it's a pair of pliers. But if she's working with a pair of pliers and her hair just happens to get into it, you know what I mean? So those are like, there's always, you can make, I feel like most cases you could play devil's advocate. Yeah. But this one is like the one that you're like, no, you could play devil's advocate because there's no evidence. And is hair and pliers, is that enough to convict him of murder? And then... They searched the waters 15 times before their body was found. 15 different times. I mean, that I don't have as much of a problem with. 
to play that side of it. I mean, because like, I mean, if it's that big of an area, I mean, well, here's another. You're you're not gonna like you're gonna see something different every single time. And here's and there's there's probably information about this out there. I honestly, surprise, surprise. This is not something that Sam wanted to Google. The fact that Connor was not attached to Lacey. Right. So that's a big question of like, how does that work? Like if she, I mean, unless she was I mean, dead after he was born, you know what I mean? The The only thing that I could think of is like, I mean, this is me not knowing much. So take this with yeah. several grains of salt. Why did you say yeah? Like, well, a, I'm saying also, like, I didn't look into this part, so I like, don't know. Like, the only thing, I mean, if he did cut off her, basically limbs and all that, I mean, and if it's, but he's not cutting her stomach. But I mean, like, if she's underwater for four, what See, four months, what was, something like that's that. The question. I mean, like, like ha- I don't. I mean, I wasn't going to Google what happens to your body when you're in. <laughs> water for yeah that's what happens that's what happens when that's the fbi shows up at your door when you google that um but like i mean if there was like fish or something that would like well that's what i was like could that happen like the baby like i don't know like this was a question that i don't know if i want to know the answer of like what happens to your body like does your body expand and then the baby could have come out like i don't know i don't know or, I mean, I guess we'll never know. And um, w- did she have Connor and then she died? It, I don't, there's a lot of questions. But it's those, like, Scott was weird. Like, yes, all of these details are weird. The yeah. fact that Scott was like, no, I went golfing. And then somebody's like, bro, I didn't see you there. And he's like, oh, no, I meant fishing. Did I say golfing? I meant fishing. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Those are two very different things. And then at these like candlelight services that they're having for your wife and your baby and you're with your mistress um and you're like other woman and then so there's just a lot on this case and i this is one of the cases that i'll say i don't know where i'm at i don't really i don't know i don't know yeah there's just there's a lot of inconsistencies on both sides a lot of like there's a lot of nothing in this like there's a lot of weird and there's a lot of suspicion but there's not a whole lot of anything so this is a case that i will say i don't know where i stand and that'll go down in history folks until next time but listen these cases have been getting longer and i don't mean for them to be longer i don't mean for nine or ten page episodes but you got him. Once again, this is what happens when Sam doesn't have any work. Apparently. Don't tell my boss. Because she'll mean, give me work to do. And then wink, we'll be back wink. to 10 minute episodes. Maybe that's what the people want. I don't know. Let me know. We got an email. <laughs> email us. <laughs> so yeah, you've been listening to us enough. This episode is unhinged. We've got to go. But like always, make sure to do all of the things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, five stars, review us, rate us, email us, do all of those things. Like always, this is Sam. This is Steven. And this is Criminology.